Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk, home of Lou Gowen. Support Wrestle Talk, whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it. But you really should support WrestleTalk and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ali told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ali. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Make sure you watch and listen to WrestleTalk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Was that the least best NXT takeover for about 18 months? Yeah. I'm Ollie Davis. This is Luke Owen. Welcome to the NXT Takeover Toronto 2019 Wrestle Ramble Review. We live streamed the whole thing last night. And it was a really fun experience, as it always is, watching live. We're gearing up for SummerSlam right now. So, you know, stick around, get in that Chinese food, or get some bevies in. We're in it for the long haul tonight. We are, and ourselves are going to be getting some Chinese food in. Oh, yeah. For the SummerSlam uh, show. Yes, yeah. Which starts in uh, 55 minutes. And I've got to edit a podcast, so we need to be... Sharpish. I'm sure that opening hour is going to have so much on it, Luke. Hey, man, they've just added two matches. Yeah, yeah they've just added two matches to the SummerSlam card, by the way. Um, Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy. His A lot main, of build His on main TV. roster debut. Mm. Um, I say Cedric, no, I meant Apollo Crews, in fact. Sorry, I even got the <gasps> name wrong. You racist. Oh, no, terrible. <laughs> All of the lower mid-card, I feel, are so interchangeable. Yeah. It's it's more just short people. You're getting confused. There's <laughs> yeah. no Absolutely. other bias yeah, it's there. It's Apollo Crews versus Buddy Murphy and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defending against the Iconics. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, great. But NXT last night was, as always, such an enjoyable show. By the way, Super Chats, get them in and press the thumbs up button. Subscribe, all the usual lovely stuff. We'll get to your super chats in the in between discussion points. Yes. We're not, uh, we haven't got a producer with us today, so we're sort of doing that in the background. But NXT Takeover Toronto last night, really fun. I right. I loved the main event, particularly yeah. the last section of that match, all in the the hardcore bit. I loved the three way. I thought the tag team opener was really fun. Mm-hmm. I thought Candice. Michelle and Candace Michelle. Candace Michelle. <laughs> you racist. <laughs> and all blonde women. Just look. The, I thought Charlotte Flair versus Kyrie Sane. <laughs> I thought Candice DeRay versus Io Shirai was brilliant. That was great. You know, like that was actually probably the biggest treat of the night. If anything, that exceeded the expectations because Gargano Cole had such lofty expectations. It might have been my match of the night. There's an argument for it. Yeah. I think, actually, it was definitely Gargano Cole. Yeah. But the biggest, like, personal favourite treat yeah. was uh, because Gargano Cole did go very long. However, NXT TakeOvers, as we said last night, are sort of a victim of their own success mm-hmm. in that if they're not five and a half, six-star, record-breaking, completely deep, astounding stuff from top-to-bottom shows, you come away going, eh. Yeah. 
In fact, actually, someone I've had a few messages from people today because I tweeted after the show. I was like, you know, another great NXT show. Maybe it's not as good as previous ones, but I thought it was a great show from top <coughs> to bottom with the exception of the uh, Baisley-Yim match. And I had quite a few people get in touch with me like, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was a good show at all, which <sighs> I think is I think is harsh. I thought it was a very good show. But a few people didn't like it whatsoever. I know Dave Meltzer has been very negative on the main events. Uh, he's not very negative. He's oh, just well, been. I, mean, I was going to say, I've not listened to the review. Yeah, I've I've heard via people on Twitter that he was really down on it. No, and, no, and no. he preferred the Baisley Yim match. No, he didn't say that. Did he not? Okay. No, not from. I mean, I listened to it on the way in. He did not give that impression at all. He watched the G, he watched the G one before <laughs> he watched this, okay. which had you know he always, much prefers that style. Yeah, and he was just saying it was that main event was over long. Uh, they did multiple Canadian destroyers. You know, all criticism. That, and and that last spot, we'll talk about it later, when Colin Gargano fall off the top of the cage through a table. Alvarez and Meltzer both said, why did that happen? Yeah, like, they both just sort of dived. Yeah, they just threw each other off. And then you think about it and you're like, huh. Why did it happen? <laughs> that was a bit <laughs> contrived and, and spot-hungry. But no, he, uh, he, he they both sort of condemned the Baszler-Yim match. Okay. Which was the... It dragged. It was It was not a, in, yeah, a really engaging right. match to watch at all. And I think that's more down to the story going into the match. I just... I don't think it was a particularly well-booked feud mm. going into it and then the payoff... And I don't, I don't think it's either Baszler or Yim's fault. I just think that the story going into it was pretty rubbish and it's just not very good. I don't think you can say that on the same show where Candice LeRae and Io Shirai Io had, had the exact same thing. But Io's heel turn was so well was executed. money, yeah. Her, her heel turn, absolutely, yeah, was absolutely money. And the promo she cut a couple of weeks later where she had the whole new entrance, had everyone talking about it, and then mm-hmm. she had like this big squash match against um, Casey Catamaran, and that got people talking as well. So I think that Less Candice LeRae, but more EO had so much momentum going into that match that people were already like, yeah, gearing up for Yeah, that's it. a good point. Uh, I'm yes, just looking... Is. So back to the overall takeovers. I'm looking back at the all the previous ones before then, before Toronto. And I've got to say, this is the least best one. So best. we didn't want to say worst no. because, you know, that would just trigger people in a certain way. We did toy with it. Uh, <laughs> but since... Funnily enough, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3, wow. which is almost exactly two years ago, coming on August 19th. What was 19th. the Brooklyn 3? Uh, that was headlined by Bobby Roode versus Drew McIntyre. Mm. Uh, let me just see what else was on the card. This is the sort of stuff we should have done beforehand, but it's a long weekend. So I had Asuka Ember Moon, Alistair Black, Hideo Itami, Sanity versus Authors of Pain. That'd be uh, quite good. Almas versus that'd be great. Almas <laughs> versus Gargano, their first match, but it wasn't like it was the debut you know, of the Undisputed Era that show. Yes, yes. So it was fun from an angle perspective. And that, well, actually, I think that Sanity Authors of Pain match is awesome. Yeah. Well, let's have a look at everything before Toronto. So NXT Takeover twenty five, great show. New York, yes. Phoenix, yeah. which had you know Champa and Black and Gargano and was it. Dream? Uh, no, it wasn't Dream. Uh, ricochet. Ricochet, yeah. Was it? Yes. Yeah, yeah for the yeah, North American sort of, Yeah. Uh, War Games Great before... Show. Oh, sorry, yeah. War, Phoenix, War Games before that. Then Brooklyn 4. Amazing. Chicago 2. Amazing. New Orleans, where you've got that gargano Champa trilogy there. Before then, you've got Philadelphia, which had Almas versus Gargano. One of my favourite yeah. matches ever, actually, in the ring. Before that, the first War Games. Great show. And then you get to Brooklyn 3, which you're right, did have great that, stuff. that great Undisputed Era angle. Before that was Chicago, the first one. Which was um, AOP done, DIY breakup. Uh, done and, bait. And done bait. Yeah, we've reviewed that for Patreon. Yeah. Uh, so, like, really, this is... You're going in, back in a terms long of way. The, the best, like, NXT TakeOver, that their shows have been just astounding yeah. for a very long time and this is the first time i've come out of a uh, it's like when you come out of a marvel movie and you go huh that was okay spider-man, <laughs> spider-man far from home yeah it was the same thing it was just like it wasn't it, it 
it was a really good movie and I really, really enjoyed it. But when I ranked it in my like Marvel movies, like the MCU movies, it's 17th out of 22. Yeah. Like it's bottom five. <laughs> like, it's because the standard is so good in MCU movies that even a really good movie is quite far down the list. Yeah. And it's not like we didn't enjoy it, no. but yeah, just it's a victim, like we said, a victim of its own success. I actually really, really like Far From Home, the Spider Man movie, but it, we just had Endgame. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it is hard to go from one to the other. It's because Sony don't know what they're doing. Yes. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Uh, but should we let's let's have a, a couple of super we'll chats super actually chats, uh, see what you thought of the show and then we'll get in for the actual play-by-play -play. absolutely so the adnap 2 says if this is indeed gargano's last takeover then i was kind of right he almost dressed up as old man logan that's a good point that was uh, a yeah. prediction from the nxt ramble in the week um kevin uh, has sent a message to say honestly even if Kyrie versus Io was a great storyline Candice was the perfect opponent for Io Shirai's new character oh I don't yeah she was very good but I think Kyrie still would have been much better in that role completely agree because not only of the tag team partnership history but also Kyrie is an excellent baby, baby face, face in peril yeah, absolutely uh, Mark Flay says I found the main event to be a car wreck to be honest TBH I, I mean, it did, like, in retrospect, I enjoyed all of it because I thought of, I, I already knew that it was going long. Yeah. But uh, I, I, looking back on it, you could have shaved a lot out of it and made it more succinct. I think it is a lot like their first two out of three falls match where the final fall was the best one and I actually would have just preferred that to be the, the one fall overall. Yeah. Someone actually tweeted me earlier today saying, which match do you think was better, New York or um, Toronto? And I was like, 25. Well, 25 was easily the mm -hmm. best of their trilogy. Yeah. It was the one-four match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree. That that match is so good. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Um, Kevin! Uh, back in again to say, um, I understand why people were down on the multiple kickouts in the third fall of Gargano versus Cole, but it made sense when you look at the finish. Uh, in what way? I mean, Kevin doesn't expand. I was, uh, I was wondering if you... <laughs> <laughs> because, I did, because it took... Them both so falling off falling the top off of the, it. through a couple of tables. Yeah, I guess so. But like, the, there is the NXT takeovers, big matches. You expect a lot of false finishes. Oh, totally. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, that wasn't what bugged me. Pro wrestling in 2019. If I'm watching a pay per view, I'm expecting false finishes and yeah. kickouts of big moves and things like that. Takeover as a whole. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't get more of that mm. because usually from the opening match, it's 
here's everything yeah. right out the gate. Uh, Big Elk says, hey guys, Tyler Sandbo from Patreon here. We uh, named Tyler Sandbo Selector. Um, do you guys think that Keith Lee could be the next guy for Adam Cole to face? I'd, so you watch NXT more than me. I would love it, but uh, I think you need, to make that more effective, you need to get some proper momentum and storyline booking behind Keith Lee. Otherwise, you just get those instances where it's, here's Lars Sullivan, or here's Bianca Belair, where it just feels like it's too obvious it's that they're the one week. and done. Yeah. yeah. So um, Monster of the Week's good, yeah. Yeah, uh, Keith Lee's storyline in NXT has been, he's been there for a year and has done nothing, and then has had a few weeks of promos where he said, I've been here for a year and I've done nothing, I'm going to get my opportunities, and then he lost to Damian Priest. Nice. Yeah. Um, Jakari says, Johnny exploded my poor cup on Cole's head. That cup is the best souvenir I have now. Oh my God, that was, that I remember were, that when yeah, they're yeah. brawling through the crowd. Because we joked, probably cost $20. Oh, wow. 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 That well, is a good souvenir. That yeah. on eBay will be worth a bit of money. I'd spend $20 on that cup <laughs> if I knew that Gargano was going to use it. Uh, Jobber JJ says, takeovers are never bad. Vince and Kevin, are, takeovers never bad. Vince and Kevin, hold our beers. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So the opening of the show was quite strange yeah. in that the, the, the Slipknot theme tune started to play. Not that, not that Slipknot have a theme tune. theme tune. Not that they before they come out, they have their own Crime yeah. Fighters <laughs> TV <laughs> intro. Yeah. Uh, it was just that the theme song for Toronto... And we were like, oh, cool, Slipknot are going to play to open the show. Yeah, because they opened up on the crowd, I was like, Slipknot are here. And because Corey Taylor had cut that promo on the NXT TV the week before, I was like, Slipknot are here, they're going to play the song live, this will be amazing. But they weren't there live, but they shot it like they were. Mm. And then they were just, we were watching the crowd, watching the video on screen. And it looked like a really fun video. I wish I could have seen it. Yeah, maybe uh, they were meant to do the augmented reality thing. But it just, the filter failed. Oh, and man, they were meant to appear in there. SummerSlam tonight, we're definitely getting some of that augmented oh, reality stuff. It looks so horrible. You love it. Um, but the, yeah, so that was a bit of a Kevin Dunn-ism. And with all the fears and speculation that Dunn and Vince McMahon will be more hands-on with NXT when it reportedly moves to FS1 in October, it was just a sort of, I think the reason it came off is because it was a bit of a, a, a bad production sleight of hand. Yeah, absolutely. But also, it has connotations with a bigger fear. Yeah. Uh, but the first match was the Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era, a team that I think... We, we all thought that the championships were changing hands here because the Street Profits are pretty much on the main roster. This was one of the ones I was so sure <laughs> upon. As we were talking about in the headline show that we did following our live stream last night, the Street Profits, the report is that they're not allowed to wrestle on Raw at the moment. And the reason being is because they're not allowed to beat any main roster teams because they're an NXT act with no official call-up. And they don't want their main roster acts to look lesser than an NXT act. And so Paul Heyman's argument is, oh, well, let's not have them wrestle at all because then they're just going to lose and look like chumps. Mm. So we got them called up to act as this sort of Greek chorus on Raw and just kind of recap what's happened. And we were like, okay, fine. So that's your Raw call-up. Lose the tag titles at TakeOver. We've seen this but we've seen this play before. And no, they retained here. This was genuinely shocking. This was one of those matches where you're like, as a quote-unquote smart fan, you're like, I've definitely you're putting your money on the Unspeed Era to win here. Yeah, and especially because, I mean, me personally, I predicted a clean sweep for the UE. Which was the storyline going into the show, mm. is that, and well, granted, that was also the storyline going into TakeOver 25, is that the Undisputed Era are going to be draped in gold. And I almost feel like that storyline, it's either got to happen... Yeah. Or, like, just stop teasing it because it makes them look really stupid that they keep getting these title shots and keep losing. They, for a, for a faction that's so beloved, they lose a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, aces and eights. <laughs> but this. Oh, talking of beloved acts. <laughs> <laughs> this match was a load of fun. It oh, wasn't yeah. like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on the. You know, like, sometimes takeovers begin with a tag match and it just blows your mind. It goes about five minutes longer than you feel it, it would have done. And that last five minutes is just main event level quality of kickouts yeah. and big moves and false finishes. Uh, but here this was just more of a standard opening, very good, solid 
wrestling match. Absolutely. But it, but the quality of all four men in the mm. ring really like leveled it up a little bit. And I mean, it, as I said in the review, it's always easy to say Montez Ford's the star of the match because he's so good. But I thought Dawkins was incredible in yeah. this match. He was. You described him yesterday as a unit. Absolute unit. When he spears guy. people. Like, he's not, like, it's not like the Rhino Gore, or it's not the Goldberg Spear. This is a guy who was just like, no, you're going down now, mm. and I'm taking you with all of my force on top of you. He's like a shipping container. <laughs> if a shipping container could tackle you. And m- mimic ro- bowling things. Yeah. Sp- the, spooning things. Almost like stirring. There was a great bit when he got, the, the, there were two hot tags, one to Ford, and then another one later to... Uh, Dawkins. Dawkins and Dawkins got in and immediately I can't remember which member of the Undisputed Era but he just sort of did the charge pickup throw yeah. and it sent Bobby Fish or Kyle O'Reilly just flying in, into the corner into their partner yeah it was fantastic oh, it was amazing um, but like this was the Undisputed Era gave Street Profits a lot this oh, yeah. was a match designed to make the Street Profits look amazing and because they are you know they're very charismatic uh, but maybe they're, they're nowhere near the level of quality in ring-wise as Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Mm, oh, yeah, come on, man. I, I like, Kyle yeah. O'Reilly is a wrestler. Yeah, you're okay. Maybe you're right on that like, one. Th- th- I love the Street Profits, but yeah. they're not even close. Maybe you're right. <laughs> but I that, just love them so much. But that's how good... Under- they're brilliant in different ways. Like, Montez Ford already has way more mainstream charisma than, unfortunately... Fish or O'Reilly will ever have. Oh yeah. So they're 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 ahead in that way, and just like perfect example of accentuating the strengths. That's what they did with Ford here, and he got to do the rock bottom. Hit the he pe- did the people's well, elbow. He nearly try. did the people's yeah. elbow, but Bobby Fish stopped him. He's like, Bobby, you dick. I never. Th- I like. I always thought no one could ever do the people's elbow and get away with it properly as a baby face. Yeah. But. Ford did it, and I was with there. I was there with him. So good. Mm. He is incredibly charismatic. Yeah. Anyway, good match. All all fun stuff. Ford did this great cross-eyed selling at one point, yep. which we both uh, laughed at. And then uh, the the finish was two huge spears from Dawkins. This insane hang time frog splash it from Ford. The frog splash that Ford does is out of the, like quite literally yeah. out of this world. He gets so much airtime on it. I've been called home to my, you know, home planet <laughs> sort of stuff. I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> and yeah, they win. They just win rather clean off the back of that. Usually in this place in the takeover card, that frog splash hits and then you've got another three minutes of yeah. crazy, everyone hits their moves. But no, Street Profits won, celebrating the crowd. They look super over. Yeah. Really was, great. Yeah. Thought it was amazing. Next up, we had Candice LeRae versus Io or Io? Io. Io Shirai. You should watch NXT on a weekly basis, mate. Yeah, I still stuff. still don't think I'll be able to consistently pronounce. If I was always wrong in one way, mm-hmm. that would be better. Yeah. But, but sometimes, sometimes it's Io for me, sometimes it's Io. <laughs> potato, potato. And yeah, this match didn't really have much of a... Well, it had a story, but it was a slightly switched story. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. This was designed for Kyrie Sane. And Kyrie got called up to the main roster... Page, ...for so many good reasons. <laughs> for the incredible story that she's been setting up on the main yeah, roster. Yeah, it's good stuff. So they just put Candice in Kyrie Sane's place with a very dodgy line from Nigel in the video package where it's like, Io Shirai celebrating Japan with Candice LeRae, who she's become very friendly with as mm. a mate. And yeah. it was like, okay, that's it. That's all you need to know is they're now, quote-unquote, best friends, which uh, then made her heel turn all the more impactful, I guess. So there's that they made up for that, though. And I feel like the crowd were there. Like, they felt similarly to us in that, yeah, we like both of these women. We're really into EO. Yeah, but we don't really... Like, we're not invested in this story. Not as much as they would have been if it was, if it was sane. So I think these two wrestlers went out there with the mindset of, well, that's just... Let's work our asses off. Yeah. Work real stiff. Go go to ten from the get go, and yeah, they just replaced and compensated the lack of character backstory with reverse Frankenstein's. Oh my god, that reverse Frankensteiner that Candice LeRae hit, where she spiked Eo. Oh. Holy heckins! I I thought this match was so good. As I said at the start of the show, this. Low key is my favourite match. Yeah, yeah. It really, I I just loved it from start to end. Like you can say 
Cole Gargano was the best. Yeah. But ter- in terms of favourite, I yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'd say it was... It was just like Mich- amazing. I, I keep saying Michelle. <laughs> Ray Shirai. I just thought that I think EO's new heel character for NXT, of course, is just great. Like her facial reactions yeah. to things are so good. She sells her character through her physicality. And that really translates then to the audience. And Candice then is the perfect baby face in peril to kind of go against that if you can't have Kyrie saying it's mm. like that person earlier who said like, yeah, you know, Candice is good because she's actually the probably the best replacement you could have had for Kyrie Sane. Because she is a very good babyface in peril, so I think the two worked together, like worked off each other perfectly well. What I really liked about Candice is that she, Michelle Lorray, Lorray, <laughs> I actually didn't think she was a babyface in peril here. Mm. I thought what I really enjoyed about this match is how tough both of them were, and they were just going at each other. Yeah. There wasn't really a period where either worked over the other. It was quite. 50-50 in a good way, very competitive all the way through. So at the end, when Candice is kicking out of this top rope Spanish fly, then kicking out of this whipping moonsault. Oh, that whipping moonsault. Yeah, really. you really believe that EO has just lost and, and got so frustrated with how do I beat this person that she has to get this modified Koji clutch in yeah. to choke Candice out. You and I both bought into the fact that Candice might win. Mm. When she kicked out of both those moves, we were like, I think Candice might win here, actually. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I thought it, this did a real good job of getting Candice over as sort of a physical threat. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. Uh, next, Matt Riddle came out through the crowd to say, uh, as you've written here, bro a lot. Bro. And bro. Uh, he was there to call out Killian Dane because they were meant to have a match on NXT this past week, but that got cancelled when Dane attacked him before the match. And, yeah, there was just a lot more brawling here, essentially. This went on for a while. I liked it. I did. I, yeah, I didn't mind it. It was, it was all fun. But considering... Takeovers used to be two hours long. Mm-hmm. Two and a half at a push. Two and a half when you got a big War <laughs> Games main event. Yeah. And now, you know, we're, we're, we're at three hours now. Yeah. On a consistent basis. And you know, it's, it's hard to complain about such good wrestling. I like that it's three hours with five matches. Mm. I think that helps. I just, but this could have. You know, there was an angle here as well. You could have I, shaved I, 20 minutes you, off the main event. I actually really like the fact that there was an angle here. Yeah. Because I think they needed to further the storyline between Riddle and Dane. And it, like, I, I, for Matt to not show up, I think it's almost out of character for him. Because he wanted, you know, he wants to have his big takeover moment. So I, I actually thought that it worked really nicely for the show. I'm not against the angle. I'm against the more bloated approach to putting on these takeovers that's now that's fair enough, that's I, fair I'm, enough. I'm, I'm a fan of less is more yeah. all, all the time with everything really apart from our own output <laughs> where we are at uh, how many videos out today yeah, we, yeah. Where we where we flood <laughs> people's inboxes we super serve yeah the fans yeah. what they want but they brawled a lot refs came down they couldn't separate them so uh, black shirt security come out and they couldn't separate them effectively star trek red shirts oh, <laughs> effectively, they're they... just there to get killed um, and then uh, Riddle hit the bro to sleep. Thank mm-hmm. you, Matthew Chapman, for your uh, suggestion on that name. And a sick knee oh, to somebody yeah. else. Yeah, there was a... Oh, we didn't talk about a, an amazing knee on uh, Dawkins. Yes. From O'Reilly oh, in yeah. the opener. That was brilliant. Um, but in the end, Riddle jumped onto the back of Dane. We thought they might actually do the Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley through the stage angle, but Riddle instead had... Um, Killing Dane like a chokehold, and then Killing Dane charged into this poor lad who had a good five to ten seconds, maybe fifteen to twenty, to get out of the way of this charging behemoth running at him. But instead, did the Austin Powers no, and then got bowled off the stage, and they all came crashing down through tables. It looks so goofy. I loved it though. I yeah yeah, it, w- it was it was fun, but um, yeah, it, it depends what sort of message you want. Do you want me to be, oh my God, what a badass angle? Or do you want me to go, that's a bit silly, isn't it? That's fun sports entertainment. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think they were going for that particular... I, I think they wanted something serious. Yeah, and I think if they wanted to do serious, they should have just gone through the stage. Mm. Because when Dane put um, Riddle through the stage on NXT TV, that felt way bigger than uh, it did here on, on pay-per-view. Yeah. The... So Meltzer and Alvarez spoke about this and they said that the plan was for that security guard to break Dane and Riddle's fall 
through the tables. But he clotheslined him. Exactly. Like, I think it was just meant to show that Dane just has no regard yeah, for totally. anything and That's will take I'm out sure loads of people. Yeah. Because, he, yeah, he just ends up clotheslining him and yeah. doesn't. The, the security guy just falls, yeah. doesn't really play into it. But Alvarez just goes, what, so the guy was meant to take the weight of both Dane with Riddle on his back? That doesn't sound like a good I idea know. at all. And Meltzer goes, I guess so. And Alvarez goes, I hope he got paid. <laughs> 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 really made me laugh. Uh, then we see Austin Theory in the crowd. Yeah, I would say this is the uh, less pop, or the fewest pops. Less pop. Less pop uh, for an indie star in the crowd at an NXT show. Mm. Like for your new NXT signing, a lot of people went, oh. Well, they run out of people. <laughs> I've signed everyone. Who else? Who else is there? Yeah, Kushida is the last one we'll ever get now. Unless CM Punk. David Starr. He's independent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, unfortunately, I think those days are over, aren't they? I think so, Everyone's yeah. been hoovered up by AEW and WWE. Yeah, and Ring of Honor and New Japan, yeah, and like yeah. everyone's basically just in a contract war right now. After that, we got uh, Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunne. Yes, for the North American title. Fantastic entrance for Dream. Yeah, he came out to the Mounties theme from like the early 90s WWF era of You Are A Wrestler and A Blank, which is a great, great entrance theme because it's just one of those themes that says, I am the Mountie, here is my character. Mm-hmm. And it's just wonderful. It's, it's, it's a great, great throwback. And he came out to celebrate with the bird raptors or something like that. Yeah, the Toronto bird raptors. Yeah, they won some uh, basketball. They won the World Series. Yep. Of hoops. Of basketballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So well done to them. Absolutely. Congratulations. And uh, look, apparently they, they, they had the jerseys on, so I can only assume they were the real oh, players. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure those were yeah. the players. Yeah. That's what I'm so, And phenomenal dancers. Great dancers. Yeah. A lot of women. I didn't know it was a mixed gender sport. Right. You know, the more you know. It's 2019 now. But Dream comes out and he just, you know, it, it, essentially, this is a your local sports team cheap baby face <laughs> pop. Yeah. But they did it. They covered it with so much smoke and mirrors. It was great. It was very I really good. enjoyed it. Yeah. And um, the, the interesting thing about this match for me is that all the build for this show, as we mentioned earlier, is Undisputed Era going to win all the titles. And in particular, this was Roderick Strong was going after the North American Championship, and he was going <coughs> to beat Dream for that belt. And they, I think, he even pinned Dream on TV, and he like earned this title shot. And it's so weird then that he was such an afterthought in this match. And really this match felt like a backdrop to build a Dream versus Dunn match down the line. I, I I disagree. Okay. I think but coming out of the match, I feel like Dream versus Dunn is the next feud. Because Dunn got a visual pin uh, on Strong. And Dream sort of first distracted the referee. Then physically stopped the referee's hand from counting. Don't know why he couldn't have just broken up the pin because hey, I think they were actually closer got to do something different I guess and so so that that was a tension there and in the end Dream pinned Dunn and Dunn seemed to snap there was a lot of yeah conflict there but to say Strong was an afterthought given how many times he was on top and, and ran wild over both men I would, I would say would do the man a disservice. I'm not, not downplaying the, the role that he played within this match. Mm. It's that I feel coming out of this match, he was the third most important component of it. Yeah. And for someone who was, at one point, the guy who was going to have a one-on-one match, just felt very weird that he was then, almost felt like the third wheel mm. to this, this done uh, dream match. Which I just found it surprising, given all the build that the show had. It almost felt like they just decided to ignore all the build that they'd done, the lackluster build they'd done towards this show. Yeah. And, and just went in a different direction. Um, but the, it, was, it, it was a really fun three-way. This was a, you yeah, know, a bit of a really, spot fest, yeah, but yeah. with... It's spot fest in a good way, because it was sometimes tied to character. Mm. Uh, there was just, off the top of my head, strong getting both men in the Boston Crab stronghold thing. You see Jericho tweeting about this. Oh, no? Well, someone tweeted Jericho saying, like, uh, are you, you going to be okay with Roderick Strong stealing your move? And Jericho's like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to Taz. Yeah, if anyone broke out of Taz's mission. I think everyone's just doing it now to rib Taz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's another bit where Roddy sort of get the... Both Dunn and Dream are sort of leaning back against the ropes and... Strong whips between them, yeah, just hitting them with forearms. And you had Dream doing a coast-to-coast elbow oh. drop, which was pretty, pretty great. 
Um, and it would have been the most spectacular thing I saw that night until someone sent me a gif of someone doing a shooting star coast to coast. Oh, wow. Which is, yeah, which was absolutely ludicrous. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was this was a good match. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, really, I, really enjoyed I, it. I mean, it's, it's, it's that thing again, though, isn't it? Where you're like, I love this match. It was really, really fun. I mean, takeover-wise... <laughs> It was just slightly above average. What this is, is back in the day when you, you and I used to do a movie podcast, and I said, Kong Skull Island is one of the greatest films I've ever seen. And it made you sound like you didn't like the Put movie. Put me in a terrible position. you gave it four and a half stars as compared to my five. Yeah. But, well, that's, I mean, like, we were debating whether to give this show overall four out of five or five out of five. It was actually a bit, yeah, it was up for debate. We went with five out of five. Because the the last, I think that last full um, brought it up. But, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. And no more was that more present than in this next match, which was Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim for the NXT women's title. Uh, Mia Yim got the... Big fancy entrance this time. Just, I guess they were just trying anything to make it look like she could win. Yeah, she came out with with like her a, a group of friends that she probably hangs down crew. with. Crew, her crew, yeah. And they really were giving her the big presentation, which she did need because she had a real lack of momentum going into this match, considering that it was for the women's championship. You compare Mia Yim's run for the belt compared to. Even Bianca Belair a couple of months ago, and and Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane, and all the other like women that have faced um, Shayna Baszler, and it almost feels like she's in that Nikki Cross position where they just put Nikki Cross into that mm. like into a title match because you're like, well, people like her, so we'll give her the title match, but there's never really any chance she's going to win. And I don't think the crowd ever bought into the fact that Yim was going to win the title because she's just not over to that level. Yeah, and Shayna. I mean, there, there, there's so many things you can point to to this for this match not connecting. One of which, and it's why Shayna Baszler's matches, I think, are consistently the least best thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that a lot. We're not saying worst. Least best on the card. I like it. Because she is booked so strongly that she, because she's beaten everybody, if you don't have an amazingly booked contender going up against her then you're not going to buy into anything. Yeah. And ev- because even if that person does then win as a big upset, it's not going to feel dramatically satisfying or shocking. It's just going to piss people off. It's got to be Dakota Kai at this point. You I, think? Don't, I almost feel like they're keeping the belt on Baszler so Dakota can come back and win it. Mm-hmm. And that makes kind of like story. It's, it's nice poetic uh, for her as well. Because um, that's, like, oh, that's almost like two years worth of build to get to that point. Yeah. Granted, a lot of that's you know injury. But I think that it's... It'd be nice and poetic for Dakota to get that win. Uh, another problem I, I thought for this match was they w- were trying to present Yim as a badass babyface. While Baszler was going for her usual MMA stuff, Yim would go the more underhand tactic of hooking the mouth like a fish yeah. hook. Uh, she pulled the hair at one point, smashed Shayna's arm in the steel steps, did Shayna's own arm break spot on her, yeah. which has sort of lost all impact now because doesn't write people off TV anymore. Nope. And, like, if that was someone else, I could see, like, Kevin Owens doing that to Shane McMahon, for instance, tonight, hopefully. Like, you could get behind Owens as a badass there. But here, Yim just looked a bit heelish. So now you've got a heel versus heel dynamic that's always an uphill struggle. And the crowd weren't into it. It felt like it dragged. It went quite long. They lost their way as well. Yeah, oh, uh, they did was a they couple re- of times. Yeah, they just repeated the spot. Like yeah. there's a, they they did something and sort of both fell over, and then just picked themselves back up. Just almost like got into themselves into a, a a lockup, and you can almost just you can almost hear them saying, "Just did the spot again." Mm. Yeah, and yeah. they did the and exact did, same yeah. spot, and it's it's not great. Yeah, uh, I, dream, apparently dream did a similar thing oh, in really? the three-way where it was a kind of Tower of Doom spot and both men, so Dunn and Strong, went back and the idea is Dream is meant to be arm-dragged from the top rope over. Yeah. But that didn't happen. So Dream just flipped himself <laughs> anyway. Whereas, really, you should just stand up there and do yeah. a move from the top rope. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so I, I didn't think it was, it was great. But mm. for me, it was... It's less on the, it's less on Baszler and on Yim, and it was the story presentation going into it. 
I think it was the match. I, I think it was a boring match. I, I, like I, I, whoever agented the match. You're right. I don't think the, the match certainly didn't help. But like I had less interest going into that match, and then a boring match really didn't yes. help. Yeah, me. yeah. Like like EO and Candice, that was a match that was like I was so into EO, but I wasn't that much into the story because Candice is clearly a replacement. But that turned me around. And actually, I really liked the fact that it was mm. Candice by the end of it. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Walter and Tyler Bate in the crowd separately because they'll be fighting for the NXT UK title at Royal Quest. Mm-hmm. No, I mean All Out. No, no I mean <laughs> other other show that day, NXT yeah. TakeOver Cardiff. Mm-hmm. And then we got the main event of Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT title in a two out of three falls match. First fall, straight up wrestling match. Second fall, street fight. Third fall, monster's ball. Cage of death. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Johnny comes out in a Wolverine outfit. Because he's Canadian. Wolverine, that is, as opposed to Gargano. Uh, Which I thought was really nice. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, look, it was a cool outfit as well. The yellow and blue classic Wolverine design. Absolutely, yeah. The 90s Wolverine design. Mm. I like it. I I thought it was really, really cool. The the first fall of this, I thought, storyline-wise, was a lot of fun, actually, because Cole picked this storyline because he beat (laughs) Gargano at, um, uh, what was the first one? New York and 25 when it was like wrestling matches so he, like Cole's whole thing was like well if the first match we had was a 1-4 match I would be the champion and then I beat you in a straight wrestling match I proved that fact at uh, TakeOver 25 so I want to have a straight wrestling match but Gargano essentially out-wrestled him so so Cole had to go and grab a chair and use heelish tactics to kick him in the Garganos to get some like, to try and get the pin mm. and in the end it was Gargano who was just like uh, F this I'm just going to hit you with the chair because I want to get to my street fight stipulation much quicker yeah so I, when I watched this, I got a kick out of it. But then sitting on it a bit longer, and, and Meltzer and Alvarez talked about this too, I'm not sure I liked it. I did, actually. Look, I, I liked it, but it could have been better in that you had this, I mean, this first fall went about 25 minutes. And I, I really enjoyed that, where it was both men. There were so many counters, counters on counters and counters. It looked great. Yeah. Just almost like a capoeira... Dancing. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then you, you get the, the really nice story element of actually Cole going to cheat. What a dastardly heel. And then I think Gargano then has to get the chair, does what he does, but then restart the mat, like uh, go for the second fall, and then he just keeps on wailing on him. Then he makes the pin, and that's a straight, like that's a win right away. Yeah. But that's not what happened. Johnny hit Cole and got disqualified, lost the first fall, sat down for a bit on the chair, cockily, then the second fall started, and he beat him up round the the round audience like, for yeah. a while, and then Cole got a bit of heat on him, and then Gargano came back. All of that, really, was fun, but looking at it from an overall show and match, I would have just cut that out. Yeah, no, that's, like, that's if a I'm a, point. If I'm an editor reading a manuscript for your 5,000-word novel... Yeah. That's quite short, actually. 5,000-page novel. I, say, I think some of my chapters in my yeah, book yeah. were... <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, let's just cut all of this. Yeah. Because it actually works much better if you go from here to here. And then you could have gone straight into that steel cage bit. And then you are just like, you are in Johnny's world. You've yeah. gone from... You almost skipped the whole street fight bit as just an angle to set up, now I'm, I've am i got you here and none of your undisputed era cronies can come out. Because that is a bit of a... A glaring omission from this because Gargano even said in all of his promos, You can bring the Undisputed Era down, you know, essentially inviting them to interfere, mm. and they never did. But if they had come down and he'd overcome all of them and still won in the street fight thing, I think that might have added a, a bit of drama to it. I see what you mean. I, I disagree to a certain extent because I really enjoyed the second fall, not as much as I enjoyed the third fall, but I did enjoy it for what it was as like a big sort of fun brawl around the crowd, a lot of fun moments. And that guy had his can crushed and, and, and things like that. He took a selfie with. With, you know members of the crowd thought it was all good fun but i do agree and I do, I do see the point of that you could have just gone straight to the third fall and actually just spent more time then in the cage match and done some more stuff in there yeah and then you don't have to kill yourself like why make it harder for yourselves yeah I, you, you, you've just gone from hardcore to more hardcore yeah. just go from straight wrestling match into very hardcore i think that's a much nicer story plus just if you're looking at this tactile like for, from a tactics and strategic perspective Johnny, what, why would you waste so much time? Yeah. You've just lost the first well, he, fall. You've taken a massive disadvantage. Just quickly win the second fall and then try and win the third fall with, like, with the momentum. I think he just wanted to beat Cole up. 
And Cole, and well, like, you can do that and, in the cage. And the story has been that Cole has been sort of like tormenting him mm. and like, you know, going after his dad's pizzeria and going to like students at the training school where he learned how to wrestle. So I think he wanted to get his revenge. But you're right. You could have just done that in a cage. And, yeah. and you would have got... To me, actually, if I was to make one nitpick about this match is I wouldn't have had a bag that made it look like there were thumbtacks. Yeah. Because there was meant to be a big baby face pop moment when Gargano revealed some uh, like plier cutters so he could get down uh, some uh, barbed wire. But the crowd booed because they thought it was going to be thumbtacks. And I don't blame the crowd for that. No, no, no. It's a wrestling trope that, th- that thumbtacks come in those bags. I don't know what they were thinking with that. I We said it on the live stream. I genuinely think they th- they the agents thought the crowd will think it's thumbtacks but then when they see what we've really got in there, the wire cutters for the barbed wire, they'll love that even more. So I think it was a, a well-intentioned spot, but I I would never have made that assumption. No. I I think it's... If if I see a bag, I want thumbtacks. Yeah, or Lego bricks. Yeah, or Lego bricks. Like, it just... Yeah, it, it, it wasn't... That, that was a misjudgment. Uh, and the, in the third fall, as much as I did love it from a spot perspective, th- I think... There were too many spots. I liked it. I, I know, I liked yeah, yeah. but I'm being super harsh here. Yeah, yeah. I'm being very critical because this is high, the highest level stuff we're going to see in wrestling, really. Where in the, the, in the trilogy of matches, where would you rank it? Oh, bottom. Yeah, I think I would go for the... It was the worst of the three as mm. well. Would I? Actually, no. Least best. Least best. You're right. You're absolutely right. Least best. Look, if I had to rank all the fools, though, <laughs> yes. NXT 25 is, is number one. Yeah. Then I would put uh, New York, the final fool. Yep. Then I'd put the final fall, fall of, of this. this one. Yep. Then the first fall of this one. Yep. Then the first fall of New York, second fall of Toronto, second fall of New York. I'm going <laughs> to... Like, I've got them all. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move the second fall of this of Toronto up a spot because I just think the first two falls of um, uh, Take of New York were superfluous. Yeah. So best of seven actually. Yeah. Really. Up, yeah. Ended up being. Uh, what but, would that be in terms of like trilogy or quadrilogy? A septology. Septology. I mean, by that point, it is an anthology, isn't it? <laughs> you've you've gone past numbers and trilogies, and you're into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a larger thing. Uh, right. Well, I mean, do you want to have any final thoughts on the on the show itself, and then we'll go, we'll dive into some super chats. Uh, I, I pretty much said everything at the start, really. With really, really fun, really enjoyed all the matches, but it wasn't the best takeover I've ever seen. And every takeover for the last two years has topped the previous one, and this hasn't topped any of the ones in the last two years. I'm going to be uh, firm agreement with you there. Um, let's dive into your super chats. Greg's Chan said, should have named this video. What next for Adam Cole, baby? <laughs> that was our question <laughs> in the NXT review. Uh, Razman's Reality says, good thing Wrestle League isn't for uh, dollars. We'd be broke. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah, I had a bad night in the predictions. Yeah, actually. I mean, mm. I... I didn't do particularly well, no. Um, Daniel O'Farrell said, um, have two bucks, boys. Keep the great work, oh, Danners. Thank you. And we've got two bucks on the table. Hey. Um, KJ says, nice to see the third fall was the Ambrose Asylum match, but better. Mm. Yeah, you made the, the Mitch, the plant joke in your review. I really I got a kick out of that. Thanks, mate. You popped me. Popped the boys. Um, I mean, I, I think a few people have said that in the ah. super chat as well. I, I, to be honest, me saying Mitch the Plant wasn't the most original thought in the world. Um, Greg's Chan uh, back again to say, lovely time with the boys. Hashtag LTWTB. LT. Oh, that's that thing. Yeah. yeah. Lovely, lovely time, time with the boys. With the boys. Uh, Ziad said, if you had to pick three, uh, one from each division in NXT to go up to the main roster, who would it be and why? Love you guys. To go, I mean, Adam Cole. What? What's what the North American North division American. is it? Uh, Matt Riddle. I'm just going for like the and Cole. Actually, no, just the Undisputed era. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go with that. Oh yeah, we. I suppose you made a tag era, uh, tag division. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> say the Undisputed era as well. Um, ZM says the atmosphere was amazing live. The main event was six stars. Wow. I mean, I bet that was a very fun match to watch, like in the in the crowd. And we're, we're, like watching it live, we loved it as well. I just think on thinking about it more, it's 
it's it's not gone. It's like a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. It it goes through a period of ah, but what about this bit? And that yeah. bit doesn't make sense either. Remember, my friend uh, Martin went to go see uh, a, the trilogy screening of the Dark Knight trilogy shortly after Dark Knight Rises had uh, finished its run. And the Prince Charles did as a trilogy screening. And he said that when you watch them all three back to back, you're so tired by the end. When you're watching Rises, you just you just find yourself going like, none of this makes sense. <laughs> this is very backward. Yeah. Why is this happening? But it's only really in isolation, though. If you watch that film on its own, perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, David Candliff's got a couple of uh, curious ones here to say. I want to see Luke cover my yogurt song. I don't. Is my yogurt song a song, or is that David's yogurt? Uh, that's song? what I'm wondering. Is David got a yogurt song, or is there a just a yogurt song that's called my yogurt song? Do the others, and I'll, I'll research. But he also wants to have a match between us, um, beard versus uh, beard arm hair. So, my beard versus, versus your arm, my arm I guess. Um, Zach says... There's no, I don't know what yogurt is not coming out yep. as, as anything. Uh, maybe it is David's got a song then. Uh, check it out. Uh, and Zach says, what a dashing shirt that is, Ollie. Why, thank oh, you very much. He doesn't specify, but I'm going to assume he, he means you. <laughs> well, you've got Orange Cassidy. I've got Orange Cassidy. You're, wearing... you're bossing everything right now. <laughs> um, but he also knows that the G1 is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very so it's final. When is when is the final finals day? on Monday? I believe so tomorrow. God damn. Um, Metal Bear, oh, I keep forgetting what day it is. Metal Bear says, "I think the wrestling was as good as other takeovers, but the storytelling was missing in most of the matches, which I, I agree with." Yeah, usually yeah. the finishes uh, are such a big part of the enjoyment of the matches uh, and takeovers in general. Yeah, and this didn't lacked a lot of substance. Uh, Jobber JJ thinks that it was uh, Abyss lost his bag, so NXT had to improvise. <laughs> Um, Forget he's a producer. Yeah. Uh, one and only says, "Is it true that Johnny Gargano may go to AEW?" Absolutely not. No, 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 no. no. He's he's uh, signed for a while. I think. I would have thought so. Yeah. Um, Zayed says uh, the third one was meant to be the women's division. So um, I'm going to say Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Oh, actually, Candice. Yeah, Candice. Off, off the back yeah. of that, or Shirai. Helio. Yeah, Helio Shirai. Um, and finally, Ryan Kester said, had a blast following along with TakeOver last night and looking forward for the same tonight. Uh, thanks for enhancing the shows, gents. And David Candliff has said it is his song. It's from the Comedy Store, baby. It's his song from the Comedy Store? Yeah. Well, send us a link Please to do. a tweet us or something so we can, we can see it. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 